the hell? Hello and welcome to Red Couch Manx. I'm Vivek Jacob, joined by Carl Mascarenas, and we have a special guest with us today. You will see him across the board on TSN, on CFL coverage all the time. The man with a voice for radio, a face for TV, Matthew Shinetti. How are you doing? Vivek, it's been too long, my friend. I miss seeing you in the Raptors locker room. Good to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, it is a strange time for sure. Hopefully we get back to some level of normalcy post the winter because I think this is here for a little bit at least. Yeah. Uh, but for now, we can get to Manchester United having a huge win over RB Leipzig in the Champions League. 5-0 didn't look like it was going to go that way at halftime. It looked like a fairly even contest uh, and United getting the early goal. A 5 0. Mr. MBE himself, Marcus Rashford, with a hat trick. Lots Dr. to Marcus talk about. Rashford. Dr. Doctor. Marcus Rashford. <laughs> don't, don't forget. <laughs> Dr. Marcus Rashford. That's right. But yeah, let's get right into it. United uh, start off the match in a 4 3 1 2. The big surprise, Donny van de Beek finally makes his first start. What were your first thoughts? Matt, let's start with you. Finally, I think to say nothing of the disappointment of the loss against Crystal Palace, I think everyone when they saw uh, when they saw Vanderbeek come in and obviously he scored. I don't think you could really judge just given how desperate we kind of played and how disappointing it was. But what I love and I think really makes him will he'll allow him to fit into into this team is this United team plays so well in close control. They they love one touch movements and that's you know obviously been especially in Ole's time when he was a player, that, that was what the Cubs loved to do, especially in close contact with the opponent, being able to be confident with the ball at your feet, one touch, two touch at the most. And I, I, I was impressed. I would love to see even more creativity from him, but given especially that first half, a lot of it was contained because they knew that, you know, much like playing against Liverpool, or much like playing against obviously City, which I think is maybe the closest analogous to uh, Leipzig, is it was a high, it was going to be always going to be a press and they were always going to try to force us into losing the ball. So I, I was impressed with what I saw, but I would love to see consistency. And that's, that was really the referendum among, among United fans the last little bit. Like, why, what's going on? Why is he playing more? I mean, how many times have we seen shots of before Lauren Vanderbeek sitting in the stands and, you know, fans going, why isn't he playing? So I really like what I saw tonight, especially against, you know, this Leipzig is, is the top team in the Bundesliga right now. It's very early, but they're the top team for a reason. And they, and they played so well in, the la in last year's Champions League for a reason. And uh, I just, I, I love his calmness on the ball and I can't wait to see more of it. Carl, Van de Beek wasn't maybe the only surprise starter. Were you surprised that Paul Pogba got in as well and Mason Greenwood? I would say I was a little surprised with Greenwood getting getting the nod, but uh, I was pleasantly surprised with the performance. I'll tell you that much. I I can't wipe the smile off my face. I know I know we always have the discussions that you know when when all of our teams are playing at the same on the same day. So in, in this case, it was RCB for cricket and then Manchester United. Obviously, if we can get two wins, that would be awesome. It didn't start off that great with RCB losing, but uh, hopefully Manchester United gave you a nice birthday gift, Vivek, because uh, <laughs> that that 5-0 uh, spanking was uh, was was fantastic. I I really loved the way Mason Green would play today. His movement, his confidence on the ball. I think just in general, sometimes you know when I see a team pressing United high, and they're not on their A game, they seem to be quite timid and afraid to hold on the ball they don't have the confidence but no such uh, problems today I thought any player who had the ball in possession always knew they had an option and they found it every single time and so I was I loved it I thought Pogba also started off the game strongly he seemed to to wane after I would say 60 minutes I don't know if he's still getting his fitness back but uh, it, it was great to see uh, Van der Beek uh, just to to match point uh, his close control was fantastic. Uh, you can start, mm. you can see him develop that relationship as well with some of the players, especially Martial, who likes to to have those neat one touches in and around the box. So can't wait to see them play together some more. I don't know if this is ever going to happen, but I would love to see Donny Van Der Beek and Bruno play at the same time. I think they would really enjoy playing with each other. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with that. I agree. I agree. I think I think that's uh, that's a great point, Carl, and especially about how. Often, how timid. I, how many times have we watched United 
you know, I go get back against to the example of City and Liverpool play against teams who who love to press because they know Ole predominantly loves to play out from the back. And we're sitting there for about 65 minutes going, we can't get anything started. We're, we're hemmed in our own, our own, um, our own end. And there w- it was like that for large portions of the first half, but the calmness in defense, and maybe this is a, you know, something that was good that maybe came out of, uh, of what was a really boring game against Chelsea is that United needed a game to kind of get their defensive scheme out uh, under them. Um, and maybe this was a game where, you know, they knew that they were going to get attacked. They knew that they, they would have to hold firm and, and be co- composed and, and have options around them. And, that, and, and, and that's what I love, especially about Greenwood's goal, is that we could, especially when we got the ball back, there was always a guy running in, running in a lane. There was always a guy trying mm-hmm. to, you know, be an option. And that has been a problem sometimes. I mean, how many times, again, have we seen against particularly City in the past where United players trying to play the ball from the back, getting pressed, have their hands up going, I've got no support, I've got no support. No one's coming back into the play. So it just, it was wonderful to see everybody on the same page tonight. And the one thing I'll add to that, Matt, as well, even in situations where United couldn't find that player, you had players like Matic and Pogba saying, okay, the option's not there right now, but I'm confident in just holding up the ball. And yep. you saw at times where they were just holding it up, holding it up, waiting for the right time. At times, you're almost getting a little nervous saying, oh, wow, Leipzig's going to get this ball here in, in, in their press. But they were able to get it out at the perfect time. And that's when United were able to transition and uh, get the ball forward. And so I think that was another thing that helps where, say, for example, if you've got Fred and Scott playing together, maybe that is there isn't that same confidence switching from defense to attack to that point what i loved about this game if you look at it self-contained and last game is that defensively they offer different things like last game it was really scott mctominay and alex tensebe and how well or axel tensebe how well they were they contained psg's attack this time it was something different against a team that played a different way i i yeah as much as as much as Ole's formations and sometimes how much he aggravates us with his selection, because, you know, you look at, especially on the weekend against Chelsea, you know, the assumption that he was picking these guys because they had played well against, um, they had played well against Newcastle when everyone was like, well, we need to continue the momentum off of beating PSG. You're starting to see the rhyme and reason as to what Ole's trying to do. And he's trying to, build a squad with depth that he can put different players out there that can give him different things in different situations because it was clear towards the end of the lockout portion of the of uh, the previous campaign that he wasn't going to the bench how many times did we watch you know it got it got pretty hairy against Leicester at the end there where you were like he's we don't know if, if, if he has to go to the bench who's he putting in um mm-hmm. and now it just seems he's got a bit of a rotation and there there's a rhyme and reason for everything he's doing Matt, to your point, you know, when you see a performance like what you saw today, does it frustrate you even more with our performance against Chelsea and how we just sat at the back, given that we hadn't won at Old Trafford? I, you know what, Carl? I, I, I hate to be repetitive, but I look at what happened against Spurs, especially because it was at home, and you never want, especially the way the Premier League is right now. Like, no, there is no weekend where you can say, "Oh yeah, no, no, no we're really going to try to get a, we're, we're really going to try to get a tie here." But you could tell, you know, especially in the media from a lot of the United players, this idea that they didn't have a preseason, that they didn't have this this time to coalesce together, that they basically went through the emotional roller coaster. And for a team, you know, let's not, and I, and I don't mean to have, look back you know, because I, I want to stay in, in tonight's game and how great it was, but the emotional roller coaster that that team went through towards the end of the last campaign, knowing how much ground they had to make up to overtake Chelsea to get into the Champions League or to at least get into the top four. And the come down from that, I, I, you could still see the remnants of that in that, that loss to Crystal Palace and that loss to uh, to Tottenham. But now, I think especially in the last, you know, two of the three games, they need like to, to, to get morale boosting wins in Europe against, I think, I don't want to speak for you guys, but I can tell you for myself, my other friends, my other uh, friends who are, who are passionate about United, when we saw the draw 
we were all like, oh crap. Like the, the mm. you know, when you're, when you've got, you know, the finalists from, from last season and the semifinalists in your group doesn't look very good. But I, I, to the point about frustrated, of course I was frustrated. I mean, I, you know, and, and we, I would have loved to have seen Marcus's shot there towards the end against Chelsea go in, but it was an incredible save. But I, I'm also mindful that there's going to be the games coming up and it could be this weekend against Arsenal where I'll be ripping my hair out again, because the one thing that we're still looking for from this side under Ole, and it's been true since he came in and the, uh, and the uh, end of the year in 2018 to now inconsistency is the problem. When these, when these guys play great and they play really great against the top teams, you like, you're just like, you see all the possibilities. Everyone's singing Ole's at the wheel. And then there, there'll be a game much like the one, not necessarily the one against Tottenham, but more like the one against Crystal Palace where you're like, what the frig is going on here? So it's, I, 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 I don't want so much the, the roller coaster of watching this United team right now because, yeah, when you look in the prism of tonight and the game against PSG, you, you feel fantastic about this team. But again, not to put too fine a point on it, the difference between us and the difference between Liverpool and and City, although City have started to be a little more inconsistent, you know, within the context of what they've done under Guardiola, is that they they're always at they're always in fourth gear, they're always in fifth gear, they're always ready to run over an opponent. I still think that when we look at a team, and because we don't know how consistent they're going to play, there's this anxiety that builds in us, and it's 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 the only way that you kind of allay that is consistency not only in the selection but in consistency in terms of the guy in terms of the play of the guys on the field so as a sugar rush tonight's amazing but i want to see that extend into arsenal this weekend i couldn't agree with you more matt and i think this goes back to the point stolshire made in the previous match where he talked about hey last year we had that great win over psg and then things kind of fell flat we can't afford to do that again. And Carl, this was something that you highlighted. And mm-hmm. so now United can look at this and say, okay, we got the win over Newcastle. We got the win over PSG. We got a point against Chelsea. Now we've won again uh, against Leipzig. Uh, so you've maintained the momentum. And now it's about taking it to that next step. And speaking specifically to this match, we can get to the second half where United definitely stepped it up a gear. And from that 70th minute, look at United taking control of that match. Marcus Rashford and Scott McTominay come in for Mason Greenwood and Nemanja Matic. Uh, Matic, I thought, had had an okay performance and just ran out of steam in the second half. And yeah, I I thought once Rashford was on, Scott McTominay doing what he always does, uh, and then the goals just piled in, I mean... I I don't think anyone saw that coming. Yeah, I think uh, I think you're right, Vivek. This was this was uh, first of all. I, I got to give a shout out to to Ole. Sometimes we've been critical with him when it comes to substitutions being maybe ten minutes too late. I thought he got these every single substitution bang on, uh, right timing, uh, right impetus. You know, Matic, you said was slowing down. Scott gave a real burst, and together Scott and Fred played really well. I thought also even Bruno, uh, when he came on, he injected some real tempo into the game. That that goal that Rashford scored, the second goal, that was just like Bruno having eyes at the back of his head. He just hit it first time knowing that Rashford was making that run. And man, if he hit it even one millisecond later, he would have been offside. So like just fantastic all around. I I, I do want to point out from a Leipzig standpoint, though, I I do think that uh, Julian Nagelman missed a trick here. Uh, he did play the high pressing game, and I was watching United. They were a little weaker on the left hand side defensively with Luke Shaw and Pogba, and so luckily there wasn't a right sided Angelino because I think they could have really opened us up, kind of like how Reese James did for Chelsea. So I think they missed a trick there, and and that's something that United has to watch out for when they when they're playing against a team that is uh, has a, a lot of dangerous weapons on the right hand side. What do you guys think? That's a- that's a great point, Carl. I mean, I, that's, that is, that is, I was, I, as you were saying that I was nodding my head. I think it's always the concern. I mean, it's always the concern with Luke Shaw. Uh, I, Luke Shaw will give you games where you're like, wow, 
I mean, you look on the right side, you look at what Aaron Wambasaka is doing. Anytime he has to go to ground, I'm not worried at all because I know those telescopic legs are going to clear the ball. I know he's, I know he's going to get all ball and no, doesn't matter how much a guy might flop. You know, I, I trust Aaron Wambasaka. I guess this, this really comes down to, you know, and Luke Shaw himself has said this in, in the press. We need, we need guys to, to, to really come in, to, to really force competition in the lineup, to really up our quality. Well, you know, the question then becomes, you know, do you look at the way Tellez played against PSG and say, yeah, I, I'd put him in. You know, Pogba's never going to be great defensively. And, and the one thing about, I think we all accept about Paul Pogba, is that he's going to give you moments where you're just going to, you, you, you fall in love with the guy and, and it's great and, and, and the touch is great and he's, he's playing creatively and he's thinking expansively and then there are moments where you're just like i don't really know like i i there, there really isn't anything to say but that's a great point i i think apart from the fact that this was one of the games where i wish i could have had fake crowd noise because julian nagelsman was like screaming in the first half oh, he uh, was so the loud <laughs> <laughs> he was just screaming the first half i i do tip my cap to him i i i think any united fan can look at and you know Stephen Housen, who does um, the Stratford Paddock, you know, made the point in his his preview. He he went ahead and he he said, you know, if this guy comes to England and if he is as the rumors are takes over eventually for Guardiola when Guardiola leaves City, it could be a problem just given City's resources. And he's right. I mean, you have to love you you always have to love a team that plays you know forward thinking you know press always 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 trying to tilt the field forward. I mean, and for moments of that, I think the first 15 minutes, it was enjoyable football to watch. It was back and forth. It was, you know, runs. The way even United was trying to clog up some of um, uh, Leipzig's passing lanes was, was, really, was, was really good. And I, and I think, you know, to that point about the left side, this is, this again, you would hope is a benefit of not necessarily a squad rotation, but this evident depth that Ole can see around him, that he can say, okay, you know what, in, in the debrief alongside McFeelan um, and say, okay, you know what, we've, we've got to go ahead and we've got to address these situations. And maybe it is you take a look at, you know, Tellers coming in because, you know, the one, the one true thing is United does not play well in Istanbul. We don't play well, you know, irrespective of there's no fans. We just, our, our record, I don't have it in front of me, but I know it's bad from the early 90s all the way through. So, you know, I think that game um, in Istanbul, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce the, that team's name. I think it's, I think it's going to be a really re- – I think it's going to be a great opportunity for him to keep not exper- not experimenting with his side, but, but, t- but take a look at little tweaks because, you know, Ole came in and said, you know, 10 points is his goal, at least, uh, you know, in terms of qualifying out of the group. I think now, given how well they've started – they can. They should be looking at. Hey, if they come out of, the, they have to come out of those two games against the Turkish side with at least ten points. And you know, and if it's twelve, fantastic. Because I'm looking at this group now, and I think we definitely want to win this group. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned the ten points because I remember how much Sir Alex Ferguson used to reference that when he was managing United, and he always had that target ten points. It, it will get you through the group phase, and I felt like because he was so cognizant of maintaining league position he, he didn't look at you know every match in the group stage as sort of a must win and so he targeted the 10 points and uh, again you look at Solskjaer just managing this phase where it's just fixture after fixture after fixture uh, whether it's the lineup changes where it's whether it's the changes in formation uh, you know I, th- I thought there was a chance we might see uh, Axel Twanzebe play based on his performance against PSG obviously he sits out and they've got to be extra careful with him uh, he came on as a sub again they've got to be extra careful with him because of his injury history and going back to RB Leipzig you know the point you make about uh, their pressing is I find it interesting because I was reading before the match about Ralph Ragnick uh, who was football director at the club and the philosophy that he tried to bring was in their research obviously he's heavy on the analytics and he's he said your biggest chance to score is within 10 seconds of winning the ball statistically and the highest chance of winning it back is within the first eight seconds of losing the ball and you can see rb leipzig clearly try to marry those two concepts together whenever they play 
But in this match, I thought it played right into United's hands because of how quickly they were able to move and get those touches going. And guess what? If you don't, if you don't win that ball back within those first eight seconds, then you're in trouble against United. Under Solskjaer, they've been lethal on the counter. It's just been a question of being able to create those breakthroughs regularly enough. And obviously tonight we saw that. Uh, I, th- I think, you know, it, it, it's time we get to Rashford's hat trick because for him to come on, do what he did, again, another player that was arguably just rested, given a break after all the fixtures that he's picked up. This was, you know, I, I think that if there's one thing that maybe people get at Rashford about, it's his quality and finishing. But this was a clinic. This, this was like he's, he spent all week with Ole. Uh, saying, "Hey, take me to that next level," and uh, this is what uh, what the result is. I I, I want to go a little bit more expansive on Marcus if I can, and then I'm going to use the yeah I I I'm going to use Jesse Lingard as 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 kind of a point of reference on this too. There was a couple of years ago, and I think we all saw kind of like the, the the party Instagram atmosphere that was kind of pervading at United for a while, especially after you know those young kids had tasted a bit of success you know, and winning the FA Cup in, in 2016 and then, you know, kind of having that double season success in, you know, 2016, 2017. And it really hurt them the following year. The one thing I, I, I admire so much about Marcus, and you have to talk about all the good work he's doing for, for children in England right now. Uh, I think it shows that he, not only is, is he an incredibly talented, still very young athlete, but he is some, now he's, he has been able to compartmentalize his life and really he he does he plays his he plays football now and he's getting better and he's getting to a level where he can be consistent at his finishing you're absolutely right Vivek is is one thing that has always been something that people have you know he can be he tends to be a little predictable at times with his runs and and his shots and but his finishing especially tonight shows you that this is a guy who with all the pressure he's dealing with has been able to keep raising his game. And I referenced Jesse Lingard because yes, there have been personal issues with him and, you know, some of his social media stuff, but it just shows that, you know, under the right coaching that, you know, and this, I I totally put this down to Ole because this is the one thing that he can do that Mourinho couldn't, that he can go to these guys and say, I've been in your shoes. I know exactly what, what this is like at this club to be this young, to have success and now to, and now to have to raise the expectations of my game and to see him come on, and 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 just the confidence with which he plays, the speed that he has, especially the one. I mean, you know, he he had a touch of. Uh, he had obviously he, he ran into the box. I believe it was around the eighty third or eighty fifth minute, where he beat one defender, two defender, and just the the the, the smoothness with which he his balance, his coordination. There's good. He's still going to have moments where he again he makes you shake your head, uh, because he he you know towards the end. I mean, he had a pretty big injury last year, and then towards the lockout phase of the. Um, of the season last year, he was inconsistent and ineffective. And when we needed him to score goals, he just, he wasn't doing it, but this is the kind of game on this kind of stage. And the only disappointment tonight is that given everything, all the great work he's doing, that there weren't fans in the stands, because this is one of those, this is one of those nights where this is everything that makes our football club. Great. You know, Mason Greenwood scores, Marcus Rashford scores two United products. It's what makes United different than any other club. You know, just the just the the culture, and it 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 precedes Ole, and it precedes Sir Ali. I mean, it's just it's woven into the history of the club, and and these are the kind of European nights that sets us apart, I think, from anybody else. Is that you know an elevated stage for quote unquote one of our own, but still uh, to see Marcus Rashford take the match ball at the end, uh, that put a huge smile on my face. Yeah, I was so happy he got his hat trick because uh, when we got the penalty, I said for sure Rashford's taking this. <laughs> and then I see I see Martial lineup for this, and I was I was like, "What's going on here?" But uh, I guess it all ended uh, with everybody smiling at the end of the game. Did you guys were you guys surprised that that Rashford didn't take that penalty, and it, or even Bruno didn't take that penalty? I was I was surprised that Rashford didn't take it. I thought someone would have just said, "Hey, Rash, go ahead and get your hat trick." But I guess Martial. I mean. That 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 was. I feel like we're seeing more of these workman like performances from Martial, where. I don't know what they've done to coax it out of him, but he's not looking to be as fancy. He's doing the dirty work. He's holding up the ball. He's getting into good positions away from the box and that is helping tee things up on the counter. And so maybe that was a reward for the effort that he put in. And 
you know, maybe he didn't have uh, much of a chance to score before that, but I thought he was doing a lot of the right things. And so I, I, I think he, even from a culture standpoint, that's a good thing that uh, they're rewarding that. And again, to go back to the Solskjaer reference, how many times do, did we see Ole Gunnar Solskjaer come off the bench and rack up a hat-trick in 15 minutes, four goals in 15 minutes? I mean, uh, that, 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 that was vintage Solskjaer. And so uh, for Rashford to come in and say, hey, you know what, go ahead and take the penalty. I'll get mine anyway. And just to go back, Matt, to to the point you were making about the chance that he had where he had the couple of feints and faked out the defenders and then shot, I was really impressed and happy that he shot it with his left. Because yep. if he if he would have come back to his right the way he usually does, the shot the shot would uh, wouldn't have been there at all. Now, of course, it, it got blocked anyway. But the fact that he set it up the right way for his left, I think that's an encouraging sign going forward as well. What did you make of, of that move, Carl? Confidence, man. It's a beautiful thing, eh? Uh, <laughs> I mean, the fact that I, it was just like watching like poetry in motion, to be honest. Just from the initial feint where he's on the edge of the box, brought it in. And then it gave me, I don't know if you guys have seen the clip of Ibrahimovic when he was a youngster and yeah. uh, was like Ajax. Ajax. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's what it started to bring memories of that when he started doing this. I'm like, is he going to go all the way and get the keeper as well? I obviously got carried away with myself. But um, I mean, I, I don't have anything else to say about that except that, you know, this guy is like flying high with the confidence and he got the rest. Like I might be uh, just speaking with my Manchester United glasses on right now, but um, I would be scared if I was Arsenal with the confidence that Rashford's playing with after that. Yeah. But but the thing is that's uh, Arsenal of all those top six teams, this is the one team that only has a problem with for some reason. And for I don't know what it is that Arteta does, but I I, I this is the one team <laughs> that only's got an issue with. And um, you know, just quickly back to the point about Martial. You know, the one thing obviously some of his some of his last some of his passes, uh, especially inside the box, were a little were a little lacking. But I don't mind him taking the penalty. I I imagine and knowing how much. You know, Anthony wears his heart in his sleeve, knowing that he can't go ahead and contribute in the league for the next three games is, you know, to see him take the penalty, to see him score. I guess that's a way of Ole saying, listen, you know what? You're still a big part of this team. It, don't worry about it. Because I know we all looked that 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 red card against Tottenham basically precipitated, you know, all the embarrassment. But it, it, to, to see him step up, take a penalty, get a goal to your point, Vivek, these workman like efforts. I mean, this is, that, that's a, that is a side of Martial we would not have seen in seasons past because there were times where he would be just childish. I wouldn't say childish, but, but, but almost like, like despondent and, and sulking, like just didn't care. Like did like what, what didn't want to be involved in, in doing the hard work. And he put in a good shift tonight and for him to get a goal, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't mind that at all. I, I, I think that's, I think that's something for his own confidence that he can go ahead and say, you know what, I can when, when, when Mason's scoring and and um, uh, and Rashford's scoring and I'm there as well. You know what, that's great, and and that's for the trio of them to score tonight is fantastic. Absolutely, and I think we've we've capped off a, a bunch of these spectacular performances. So why don't we get into our first award of the night, the Cantona Collar, the best United player on the pitch? We've complimented a lot of the goals, but I think the standout player tonight might have been Fred. I mean, you look at the interceptions, you look at the solidity he brought to the midfield, and. When you talk about Leipzig wanting to play on the counter, uh, I mean, wanting to play off the press, I thought he was a big part in taking away their quick play in terms of helping United leak out and create their attacks. And so a really impressive performance. I thought Anwan Bissaka was another one who stood out. Another really good night for him. We, we, we talked about Angelino having a star performance in their previous match when they beat uh, Istanbul. But... Angelino was virtually uh, invisible in this one. So Juan Bissaka, I think, would be another candidate. Obviously, we've got the attacking candidates as well. Carl, I think you're going with Fred as well. Yeah, yeah. I I think, you know what, uh, one of the things that we've constantly asked of Fred in the past is like, hey, you know, Fred, if you, if you get the ball, don't just lose it, right? Have some composure. And so he made a lot of good interceptions. And 
in the first half he di- he did give it away uh, a little bit but i thought he he came on in the second half in fact the way rashford scored one of his goals was through a a fred interception that then mm-hmm. rashford just took upamecano one on one and then uh, deposited it in the back of the net so uh, i was really happy with his performance i'm just happy for fred in general cuz he has been the guy who kind of takes a brunt of uh, united fans frustrations so uh you know what there's one other candidate that i would uh, suggest and you guys can can tell me if you agree or not but i thought uh oligana solshire uh should get a shout out for the cantona caller and and i think the team was so well drilled and the substitutions were so well timed that he deserves a mention i don't know what you guys think first of all I love the, love the name Cantona Caller. I mean, I'll get it when you guys ask me about my uh, my my love for uh, for this team. I mean, Eric Cantona is literally his words are literally inscribed on on my body. But what you said about Fred is perfect. I think, especially in these last three games, we have and, and tonight in particular, Fred was calming. Usually, in previous years, you're just like, "What the hell is going on?" Like Carl, perfect point. He he just do something with the ball just don't lose it and tonight calm cool distribution vision and i i have nothing i have nothing but praise for fred he's if this is if this is his trajectory now 100% i'm happy with it i'm 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 happy that you know this is you know certainly it was 50 what 50 million that that was the investment yep. but if this is what this is if this is what he he can be at this club I'm totally happy with that. Like, like tonight, uh, you guys got a, you guys got it spot on. He was very much um, the reason why we we won tonight, and the reason why we kept so composed uh, when Leipzig, I think, had like you know over sixty percent sixty percent of the possession in that first half. Yep, Fred, as you said, if he can maintain this trajectory, it just opens up the options for Solskjaer. We, we, we talked about how he started this match with a 4-3-1-2. He loves to play the, the 4-2-3-1. We saw the 5-3-2 against PSG. And so the flexibility that if you have a stable option in Fred to, to have in front of your central defense, I think that's what opens up the options to say, okay, you know what? I need Pogba today. You know what? I need Van de Beek today obviously Bruno is going to start the majority of the matches and uh, I, I think Fred is going to be an underrated uh, player in terms of how United go this season moving on our second award I, I, I actually don't we might not even have a candidate for this so Matt with this one it's the Beckham boot we usually look at the worst player or someone who maybe needed a kick up the behind to get going I don't know if there's one that we can really pick out the closest might be Nemanja Matic yeah, I, this is one of the what, this is one of the only games where you know usually in a big game, especially towards the end of last season, my candidate is always Victor Lindelof because he just finds a way of making me swear <laughs> repeatedly um, throughout a game, especially when we concede. But I don't, I just don't think there was anybody tonight. I mean, had had Martial not not scored the penalty, I might have gone ahead and said, you know, you know, you've got to. When when you've got the opportunity, especially that what would have, you know the possibility set up Mason Greenwood on that uh, on what would have been that first goal uh, when he basically blew past his defender and was coming in on the right, I was like ah come on you, your pass has to be better you have to you know just a, a step or two before but honestly like this is and this this win will go down very much in the same context of seven one against Roma where it was as close to perfect as you can hope for like it's just mm. like. Or like it, 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 and it's because the context is a European night. It's not a knockout game like the like that second leg in the quarterfinal against Roma was, but it's one of those games that's just like, this is how we want to play. This is who we are. Like this is, and so, and everyone's working. Uh, everyone's working together. So yeah, I, <laughs> I was really thinking there, Vivek, and I got nothing, man. I'm in the same boat as as Matt. <laughs> we might as well just go on to the next question. That's how good that performance was. No question. Uh, yeah, so let's move on then to the long staff, long shot. few candidates. Uh, for me, it would be Dani Olmo operating in central midfield. I thought he was really effective for Leipzig. Uh, and maybe before we even do that, let's get into uh, Dio Pamecano's performance because he will be a United target next summer. And so I, I'm very curious to know what you guys thought of his performance. 
should have signed him this summer. <laughs> I'm watching him going. When I knew that his his name was was up, and I was, and that's why I was kind of excited to see him. I'm like, okay, this is somebody we were we were connected with all through the transfer window. And I'm watching him going, God, he'd be a great United player. Like just like just the confidence, the power, the speed, the intelligence. I'm like, he's got it. He's got he's got everything that we want. And you know, and I know especially I don't mean to pile on Harry Maguire. But he's the guy who you want to be wearing the number five for United. He's the guy you want to kind of make those marauding runs that real Ferdinand used to make, just like storming up the pitch to start the attack, like not just distribution, but creativity and purpose. I liked everything I saw out of him. And and the problem is now we're probably going to have to pay more than we would have paid this summer. But then again, that's just life with that bastard Ed Woodward. But anyway, moving on. So actually, Matt or and Vivek. So Matt, you described Upamakano as like you know power, speed, and driving force. There's some other guy that that has those same qualities that showed that recently. His name was Axel Twanzebe. You know, I thought yep, you were describing yep. him for a second. So yeah, you know, yeah, yep. we didn't sign Upamakano this season. Is it a blessing in disguise, and gives Axel the chance to prove himself? And maybe, maybe we don't need Upamakano. Yeah, Axel's got to stay healthy, though. Axel's got to yeah. stay healthy. That's the one thing. I mean, every every United fan will tell you, and especially the guys who, you know, the guys in Manchester, like the, the fan cams out in Manchester, they, they say, those who've seen him, especially rising through uh, the developmental ranks, he is naturally a beautiful footballer. But we've seen over the last two seasons, like just the, the injury issues he has. And, and uh, yeah, I mean... If if I could get Axel Tuanzebe that I got against PSG every every week for 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 six to seven months, no problem. I'd be happy because then we don't have to spend the money. And there we go again. We've developed a guy who is you know who is a, you know a plug and play starter for us. But yeah, I you're absolutely right, Carl. No doubt about it. Axel Tuanzebe, especially what he did to Mbappe last week. I mean, yeah, he's, he, I, I want I want that guy to play all the time. But watching Open Meganu, I was like. Oh, he, he him wearing red would be fantastic. Now, one thing, Carl, I will say in terms of a blessing in disguise potentially is the fact that Upamecano does have a thirty-eight million pound release clause next season, and so what potentially you know when you when you talk about him having a great season again and hiking up his transfer fee, that release clause is going to be critical for United and. I would I would even take it one step further as a, w- with Tuan Zebe if he can find health it would not shock me to see in a year or two from now Tuan Zebe and Upamecano starting together. You know what that's that is that is not a hot take. I would love to see that. I'd love to see that. Yeah, cuz you got you got a balanced both left foot and right foot at that point. So that's that's a really good point Vivek. Now, I'm actually going to go against what Matt said. I actually wasn't that impressed with Upamecano's performance today. And you feel free to disagree with me, but I thought the first half he was fantastic. He showed everything that I've read about him. Speed, you know, driving through, going to midfield, even had, you know, the cojones to take a shot. Wasn't a very good shot, but still he took that shot. I can't remember the last time a United defender took a shot. But I thought in the second half... When there were players running at him, he was found wanting. Uh, Martial did that a couple of times. And I would actually go on to say that if Upamakana was wearing a United shirt and and he gave this kind of performance, he would have got a lot of flack from the press um, with that second half performance. I don't know if I'm being too harsh, but uh, I can't wait to hear you, what you guys Not that, that I, I, I do agree. I mean, I, 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 can, I can certainly see that. I think a lot of it too... Carl might have been a consequence of the way Leipzig play. I mean, you go back to the um, the analytics argument before about the you know, ten seconds versus eight seconds and, and all of that. It is incredibly exhausting to play the way that Leipzig play for a full ninety minutes, especially when you're not scoring. And Opamakanu was all over the field in that first half, so I wouldn't be surprised. I know I think he's like in his early twenties. Especially when you have to, when you're trying to be uh, as expansive as they were trying to be, and as 
creative as they were trying to be in order to break United down. And then the second half, you have to deal with chasing around inevitably Marcus Rashford or, or Mason Greenwood. Yeah, I mean, you're you're gonna you're gonna start to seem lacking. So I I I think it's I think it's totally fair, but I still think that he'd be very good at United. I think a little older, a little more polished, another year and in, in dynamically like the Bundesliga. Yeah, I'd like to, I'd really like to see United go ahead and um, to your point, Vivek. You know, look at that release clause and say if if you know and and you and you just inform me on something I didn't know. If that's his release clause, thirty eight, pay it. Bring him here. I'd, I'd be to, I'd be totally good with that because depth at center back is something we've had, but that good depth at center back uh, is something we haven't had in a while. Absolutely, and so two points I want to make, Carl uh, and Matt about. Uh, Upamecano's performance in the second half I do agree first half I thought he looked outstanding second half I I, I agree again there was a drop-off but two things I will say is part of that I thought was because of Nagelman's uh, tactics he went with the 3-1-4-2 and so you know at 1-0 he's probably thinking it's okay but when Rashford is on when Bruno is on and they're able to get United are able to get into the counter that much more quickly I thought the three at the back uh, looked really shaky. And so I think if you, in, in those circumstances, you should be having four. And, and I think that would have helped Leipzig. But again, they're, they're going for the goal. They were down. And so things just sort of uh, unraveled from there. So the other criticism that I will have, and this is probably maybe uh, a, an unfair criticism to have of someone who's 22 years old, is at some point when it when it gets to 3 probably you should have someone that's going to hold down the fort and say hey we are not going to let go of the rope here we're going to stay firm and stay strong and so i thought leipzig again you know maybe they tired out but uh, uh, i think the way they sort of let go of the rope uh, as a central defender maybe that's a learning lesson for pamecano to say hey i'm going to voice my, myself next time and say hey we're, we're gonna we got to be tougher than this we can't just let go and let united sort of run riot because i mean let's face it, it united got five towards the end it could have even been worse cavani had that offside goal uh and there were a couple of other chances so uh that is, those are the two things that i will say about that i don't know if you guys have anything to say about uh, that. very quickly apparently according to reports uh tellez has covid so that's why he uh didn't play this evening Oh no! Oh, that's why he wasn't yeah. on the bench for Chelsea yeah. either. That makes a lot more. So, so apparently, according to uh, Ole, just looking at, it's got a text in from a buddy who, because uh, we were actually asking why uh, Tellers didn't play. Apparently, according to Sorshire, he is tested positive for COVID. So there you go. <laughs> breaking news, as you have it from <laughs> breaking news. Uh, it definitely won't be breaking news by the time the pod is out. <laughs> no, definitely, definitely not. Definitely. Well, most people listening will be like, uh, "There's a reason why he didn't play, guys." <laughs> actually vivek i just have one point uh you know since you were on the topic of uh transfers and how much it, it could cost for his clause i just wanted to make a clarifying statement I, I made a statement in our last podcast when i was talking about united's finances and specifically mm-hmm. when it came to their their revenues and their ibida uh i mentioned that the sancho a hundred million release clause that's one of the reasons why we didn't sign him i was incorrect uh players when it comes to their transfers and their and how much it costs they're actually amortized so they're not even included in the number that i was talking about so i apologize the revenue that united did have is independent of any transfers so so ed woodward you're not off the hook uh so sorry about that okay carl that's fine we'll just give i was looking we were all looking for someone to give the beckham boot to we can just give it to you now <laughs> Fair enough. I'll, I'll, I'll take it on the chin. I'll take it on the chin. <laughs> Matt, you were about to say no, something. I, 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 um, there, there is for anyone who, and this is kind of off topic, but to that point you, that you just made, Carl, anyone should go on to, 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 if you really want to get really frustrated to know how messed up. And I don't, I don't want this. This is a great night, and I don't want to mention that man's name. But if you ever wanted to kind of understand, to your point, even even more so about. United's finances and what the Glaciers have done. TIFO Football did a great video about three, four years ago explaining how United, through the, the wonderful, fantastic privilege of creative accounting, creative forensic accounting, has been able to amortize their debt to a point that 
you know, year over year, United might be paying five million pound in interest just because of the equity of the brand, just because of still what uh, so many banks and, and, and um, lending firms could go ahead and look at a club that, you know, obviously has the uh, historic brand visibility and profitability and ROI of Manchester United. It, it, when you watch that, it's just everything about what we've done over the last three years and since Fergie's left just makes you want to knock your head into a wall. But anyway, this has been a great night and I don't want to ruin it. Hey, to keep it a great night, I think this this is a good time to get into uh, why you became a United fan, Matthew Shinetti. Like, give us your uh, origin story uh, of your United fan So, in 2000, I, forget, I believe the game was February 2001. Uh, you know, United, I had seen as, as a child, you know, born in the mid-80s, but seeing, you know, kind of video, early video coming out of England on, you know, what would have been TSM Sports Desk of, of Eric Cantona, uh, his 80-odd minute goal against Liverpool in the 1996 FA Cup to Solskjaer's winner against Bayern Munich in 1999. But it wasn't until 2001 where I sat down with my dad and watched United against Tottenham. And for, for those who watched the first 45 minutes of that game, they'll remember that Tottenham, much like they did a couple of weeks ago, ran all over United. And then what happened when they came out and in scoring five goals, it changed my life forever. And it just, it, it kind of crystallized and I started watching the games more. I started watching the team more. Uh, I had a close family uh, member pass away in 2003 and watching United became so much therapy for me. And especially them ending Arsenal's unbeaten streak at 49. I remember going absolutely berserk uh, that day. Uh, and it was really important to me at a very, you know, I was, uh, you know, still a teenager, very, very, you know, difficult time when you lose a close family member. And then, you know, being the same age as Cristiano Ronaldo, watching him come through, you know, seeing someone who was, who was my age, um, play United, learning the history and, you know, and that's something that, you know, I, I took as something that was really important to me is, you know, I can't explain why I did it, but I started, you know, learning the history of, you know, Jimmy Murphy's uh, developmental um, tactics in the 1950s for the Busby Babes. Learned about Duncan Edwards, Bill, Big Bill Folks, you know, just why, reading as much as I could about George Best. Learning about the t- tough times with Tommy Sexton in the 70s and then Big Ron Atkinson in the 80s. And to go to Old Trafford when I was 29, about, f- uh, you know, five years ago. Sadly enough, it was the last time we were top of the league. We beat Sunderland three uh, nothing, uh, and we were top of the league. And it was, I believe, that's the last time we've been at the top of the Premier League since. But to walk into that place to take the tram from Altrincham to walk on Warwick Road to to see uh, Sir Matt Busby statue, the Holy Trinity statue of of Charlton Law and Best, and my credit card was feeling the pain of it for a while. But to get a, a cup final ticket for the 2017 uh, League Cup final, to walk, to, to, to be on a, to be um, in the tube with United fans, an older United fan, and just talking to him about a cup final day and going to Wembley, to walk Wembley Way, to, to sit there and to, and to just, as the team's coming out, just feel that energy. Listen, I, I am unabashed in my United, how much of a United supporter I am. I had a, I had a, um, my first tattoo was a Manchester United crest in 2003, shortly after, uh, you know, the passing of my close family relative. Uh, and then I got, um, Eric Cantona's famous quote, I don't play against any particular team. I play against the idea of losing, uh, tattooed on me in 2008. The team has been, you know, it, it was a hobby. It's a passion. It's an obsession. So much so that when Zlatan Ibrahimovic scored, uh, against Southampton, I really, I tore my vocal cords. <laughs> I was, I was going crazy. And I, I came back the next day was on live TV and sounded like this. And then when I went to the walk and, <laughs> wow. and I went to the walk-in clinic and I told the, the attending um, doctor why my voice sounded like that. She handed me a prescription for a puffer and said, that's really weird. <laughs> just why just, just walked out. So, you know, I, everything about the club and, and I can tell you standing uh, inside Old Trafford. And I've been there twice to see games. What I love about United is how it's not just a team from Manchester. The, the um, um, you know, obviously the Munich air disaster crystallized 
so many people's love for United across England. But when I was in Old Trafford, what I found different than any other stadium, and I've been to several, it it looks like and sounds like and represents all the great possibilities uh, of a world where where people come together. And I know United sometimes tries to go ahead and and um, really take advantage of that, the whole United brand. But I mean, I was in the Bishop Blaze pub and every corner of the world was represented. It's, it is a, a different kind of brand. And, and obviously, you know, the history of, you know, developing youngsters and just the passion for, for football and especially to see even in the disappointment, how passionate people still are for Manchester United, um, despite the fact that we've just seen Liverpool win a league title and another Champions League title, despite the fact that we've seen City buy all of their success, to see that it's the one thing that I hold on to as a United fan, as a United fan, that especially people, people now when they see when something like the game against Tottenham happens and you know people are just vicious and wanting to go ahead and, and rip shreds into, into me as a United fan, you know, every everyone who is a United fan secretly wants to be a United fan. Every player who's who who, who isn't <laughs> a United player wants to be a United player. I mean, George, I th- I believe it was Joe Jordan who had the um, um, who had the the line and, and might be apocryphal, and I'm probably going to bu- butcher it. But he said, you know, once you leave, it's only down. For, once you leave Old Trafford, it's only down from there. And it's so true. I mean, it's it's just it's it's a club that represents the entire world. It's a club that represents. Um, and you, and you know, I'm just as we're talking, uh, my Twitter pops up, and here's real Ferdinand, you know, writing a comment over a video of Marcus Rashford. You know, it's about youth, expression, and 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 offense, and and just all the great things you love about football. I know it's kind of a long rambling answer, but you know, the club has become very much a part of my life, and you know, to to watch. A game like I we you know watch today you know it makes you emotional because it's all the great things about why um, you love this club you know and obviously the only as I've mentioned already the, the biggest disappointment is that there weren't fans in the in the stand tonight because the one thing about our place and I will say it against the scum and that you know that song they sing at that at that other stadium European Knights of Old Trafford are unlike anything else and that's the one thing on my bucket list still. I've been to a cup final. I've been to Old, Old Trafford twice. The one thing I, I, I def, the last thing I want to definitely do is I want to be, uh, I want to be inside Old Trafford for a Champions League night. That's the, and to hear that anthem inside that stadium, that would be amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that, Matt. Wow, that was beautiful. That's a powerful story, yeah. Yeah, and I think on the note of talking about rivals and uh, what makes the United brand so special, I think we can get into the next fixture. Uh, 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 coming up against Arsenal. Carl, I don't know if there's anything left that you want to touch on from the Leipzig match. I think the only thing I want to touch upon for the Arsenal game, I mean, after what we just saw is that, hey, I just want to see that exact same mentality, that exact same composure and focus. And and you know what? Just play with that high intensity. And I don't think Arsenal can match that, especially with the defenders they have at the back. I mean, come on. If we keep making these runs, then... uh, I see, I see some, some more happy times ahead. Uh, that's all I have to say. Now, the one thing I will say uh, to the point you were making about attacking United's left side is, I don't know if you noticed in the Arsenal-Leicester match, if you caught it at all, uh, Arsenal actually started Aubameyang on the right wing for a change. You were, we're so accustomed to seeing him on that left side. He started on the right wing this time. And so if they put him on that right side, I think that will be an interesting challenge. Uh, for Luke Shaw and whoever else ends up being on the left, uh, next I don't to him. think I don't think Pogba is going to start, so that might nullify uh, that Aubameyang move. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A- any thoughts that you want to touch on for the Arsenal fixture here, Matt? Again, I I I struggle to understand what it is that Mikel Arteta does to kind of unsettle Ole. I I do of all the teams that we are rivals against. Uh, I, I always have a begrudging respect for Arsenal. But the one thing that Arsenal is, is we talk about being wildly inconsistent. We are not as wildly as inconsistent as Arsenal is. And it, it kind of depends on the Arsenal that you get on the day. Like you could get an Arsenal um, that, you know, played the way they played against Chelsea in the FA Cup semifinal, or you can get an Arsenal that kind of capitulated the way that um, they did at the end there towards Liverpool, uh, when they played Liverpool earlier in the season. So 
I just want to see from us at least, I want to see a, a conviction and a purpose inside the first 15 minutes. Because the one thing that especially, I won't necessarily, maybe in a Newcastle game, although that was a really unfortunate own goal. But the one thing that I, I, I haven't seen in the Premier League so far this season is a strong start. And we like I would love to see a goal inside the first 10, 15 minutes against Arsenal. And I would love to see us just establish and really put Arsenal on the back foot. Because the one thing that I think is true about Arsenal, um, they are certainly a hardworking team and they can, and you know, they can certainly be a pain in the ass. Um, but they are very much a, a, a cup side. They're, they're very much kind of on the day. If we're feeling it and, you know, uh, Guardiola will, 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 will attest to this in that semifinal. They are a team that emotionally when they're into it, they're into it, but, they are not a long slog team. And if you get them down early, I'd love to put that little sense of, you know, doubt in their minds. Um, but I'm interested to see what the starting 11 looks like on our side, because that's the one thing that's been evident, evident throughout this season is that we don't know. And the one thing that frustrates me about Ole is this sense of um, commitment he has to certain guys that, when we're feeling that there should be, you know, obviously using, you know, Tellas, even though obviously he's, he's got COVID, uh, but Van de Beek, that this idea of, you know, play, play this player, play it in this lineup, like th this just feels right. And Ole kind of does his own thing. And sometimes it leaves our head scratching. But I think, I don't know if it was you, Carl, or you, Vivek, who brought it up, I, but it was a great point earlier on when, when you said Ole made the point coming out in the media and saying when we when we had the emotional high against PSG in 2018 it destroyed the rest of our season and it did they just were like you know totally bewildered you know and obviously being ground to dust by, by Barcelona later on you know did, did what was a big issue in that in that season but they have now kind of stabilized they've obviously stabilized because i don't think any of us looking at this run in of six games especially with the European games that we had coming off of the disaster that was that game against Tottenham. I don't think any of us looked at it and said, oh yeah, we're going to go ahead and blow Leipzig away 5-0. Like it's, it's just, it's not, it's not how we felt at all. So I am interested to kind of see where he goes with the lineup next. But to that point that was made earlier, I would love to see against Arsenal, even though it practically might not make sense. I'd love to see Van de Beek and I'd love to see Fernandez for nothing else. I want to put Arsenal under pressure. I want to make Arsenal doubt right away. Because if you make them doubt right away, this team, irrespective of if it, was, if it was under, you know, any manager of the last number of years, but especially under Arteta, this team, when it knows that it's under pressure, starts to feel doubt and they start to play panicky. And that's exactly how I want to put them this weekend. That's that's interesting uh, that you see Arsenal that way, Matt, because... You know, the impression I've got under Arteta is that he has brought a semblance of stability to them. And so I think, especially when they're playing out the back, that was a huge concern. Obviously, there was that goal that Leno gave away that, that a lot of people will talk about. But outside of that, you know, I think the confidence, the freedom that he's given them to keep going with it, I think that has brought some stability. And the one thing, uh, the other thing that I think has changed is if you come into an Arsenal match just looking at the players, you will play them the way you used to. And what I mean by that was this was a team and these were players that would give you chances. And, you know, they wanted to score goals more than they wanted to keep a clean sheet. And so they'd push the ball and push and, you know, they try to get a little too cute and then that's when you go. And with this team, they're a lot more patient, in my opinion. And I thought even in the Leicester match, they were really unlucky. They had that early goal that was disallowed for offside incorrectly. I mean, I thought that was a horrendous call. And then Jamie Vardy goes and steals it at the end. But I I, I think Arsenal is a bit more sort of circumspect in their approach. And it's again, it's going to be very interesting to see how Solskjaer comes out. I, the one thing I will say, whether it's Van de Beek, whether it's Bruno, uh, I don't want to see one up top. I want to see two up top because if Arsenal are going to play out the back, uh, to your point, Matt, you need to be able to put that pressure. And so I want to see two up top uh, against Arsenal. Martial's still suspended, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. so I think it's five games, three or five games, I believe. Uh, it's yeah. It's three matches. It's three matches. 
And so I I believe this would be the third then, right? Yeah, yeah. He was suspended for Newcastle, Chelsea, and it will be Arsenal. So, yeah, ideally, I would like to see both Rashford and Greenwood in in that match. Maybe Cavani? Hey, (laughs) maybe Cavani. But, you know, I think that, that, that about wraps it up for this episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening in. Remember, you can subscribe, rate, review Red Couch Manx wherever you listen to your podcasts. And till Sunday when United take on Arsenal, uh, have a good one. I love this game. <laughs>